The pages of a book are filled with great adventures, stories of everlasting love, heartbreak, and the classic whodunit. Explore them all with your host, Laura Young. Welcome to Read Astray. Hello, I'm Laura, middle school reading teacher and avid reader in general. In this episode, I'm reviewing How Not to Die Alone by Richard Roper. How Not to Die Alone is actually the original title. It has since been retitled Something to Live For. It's a contemporary fiction book by Richard Roper. Roper is a British author and editor who grew up in Stratford-upon-Avon, just like Shakespeare, and now lives in London. This is his first novel, and it has been translated into 19 languages. His second novel, When We Were Young, comes out in July of this year. I'm really looking forward to reading it. This story takes place in London, but not the American ideal of London. This is tiny, rundown flats, dead-end jobs, unhappy relationships London. It's a pretty grim subject matter at times, but definitely real and believable. The main character is Andrew, though. Andrew lives in a four-bedroom townhouse near Dulwich with his beautiful and successful lawyer wife, Diane, and his two amazing children, Steph and David. At least this is the story that he has somehow perpetuated at work to give him the appearance of being normal. 42-year-old Andrew actually lives completely alone in a dingy flat in London with only his model trains and his Ella Fitzgerald records. Andrew has lived alone for 20 years. His parents have passed and he is largely estranged from his only sister. The only people he might venture to call friends he's never even met in real life. They are the people who post on a model train forum. Surprisingly, these acquaintances turn out to be tried and true friends and come to his aid when he needs it most. His life is grim, his flat is dim, everything about Andrew is grim. Peggy is another character who is introduced into Andrew's life when she begins working at the council with him. Peggy is absolutely one of the best parts of this novel. She knows what she wants and isn't afraid to go after it. Peggy is the comedic relief in this novel, even though she herself is dealing with an alcoholic husband, a crumbling marriage, and a general disarray in her life. She's willing to show vulnerability and opens up easily. She also genuinely wants to help Andrew, and it is with her friendship that he begins to change the way he interacts with others and the way he views the world. The other characters in this book, Andrew's sister Sally and Sally's completely awful boyfriend Carl, as well as Andrew's frightful co-workers Keith and Meredith, were all written very well. Andrew's boss is so stereotypically wonderful. He is constantly trying to do team building and organize dinner parties for the staff. I'm certain he was lifted directly from the office. You're listening to Red Astray. I'm Laura, your book review host from the Henson Oakley Podcast Center. Teeth whitening is a great way to offset the effects of aging in order to maintain a beautiful and healthy smile. Henson Oakley on West Jackson Street in Cookville offers Zoom teeth whitening. For a wider, brighter smile, visit Henson Oakley Family Dentistry to see if Zoom teeth whitening is right for you. 
How Not to Die Alone, or Something to Live For, is actually quite a somber novel, although it is balanced with a good healthy injection of British humor. Although through most of the book, we understand that Andrew is lying about his personal life, we don't actually know the motivations behind these lies. Andrew works for Death Administration at the council offices and has the unusual task of dealing with the aftermath of people who die alone. This job requires him to inspect the homes of recently deceased people who appear to have no next of kin in order to find out if they have any long-lost family members somewhere and if they have enough finances to pay for a funeral. Often they have neither, and Andrew goes above and beyond his duty and always attends the funerals of these lost and lonely souls. Frequently, he is the only person in attendance apart from the vicar or priest. This job made me curious. I never realized that this would be a job, that there are instances when people die completely alone and often unnoticed, but I suppose it is a necessity. The more I looked into it, I realized it is unfortunately happening more and more often these days. There was a segment on NPR recently discussing aging, and it spoke of one man who finds himself even more isolated with the pandemic, who has started worrying what others would find in his apartment after his death and what they would think about him. It was quite sad. Anyway, I digress. This is Andrew's job. But it isn't until Peggy joins the office, an office filled with quirky and unusual people, that Andrew finds his life changing in unexpected ways. His lies start getting more and more difficult to maintain. Largely through his relationship with Peggy, Andrew grows so much as a person throughout the book. He deals with his current situation as well as his past, and getting to watch that journey is quite endearing. Their friendship is at times mutually beneficial and completely fun, and other times a horrible disaster, but it is always enjoyable to read. They get along so well that Andrew even comes out of his shell for her and begins doing things he wouldn't normally do, like going out for lunch or drinking a beer after work on Wednesday or shopping for new clothes or going to a dinner party. Likewise, the story behind Andrew and his estranged sister's relationship is revealed, and it is tragic. The way they were raised, what happens after, and why they seem so far apart from each other's lives, it all makes sense. Readers will certainly develop a lot of sympathy for Andrew. Roper does a great job with slowly revealing his story. And while this story does largely revolve around death, it never felt too heavy. There's a good balance of humor from all the characters and Andrew's inner monologue. The ending is a breath of fresh air. It will definitely warm your heart. However, I love that Roper did not wrap this all up in a nice, neat little package. He didn't have Andrew just have a happy ever after romance. The blurb mentioned comparisons to Eleanor Oliphant. In the book, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine, and those comparisons are warranted, as these are both quirky, antisocial, and deeply traumatized characters. I fell in love with Andrew just as I did Eleanor and Uwe. This novel is something both unusual and moving, and the fact that it's peppered with that dry British snark makes it even better. Hopefully, I'll be back in a few months with a review of Roper's second book, when we were young.
Thank you so much for tuning in today. I'm always open for book recommendations or ideas as well as format suggestions. You can access me through social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tune in again next time for another book review. Until then, happy reading. You've been listening to Read Astray. Download your favorites and keep up with new episodes in the Hints and Oakley Podcast Center.